0: Welcome to How To Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence.
1: It's the first episode of season four and do we have a show for you. On today's episode, we are talking about fertility. We'll share with you what we wish we had known about this topic before we got married.
0: Along the way, we'll give you a Catholic hack that'll help your prayer life in a cost-efficient way, and we're giving away not one, but two items to a lucky winner.
1: And we have some major life updates to share with you.
0: You won't want to miss it, so stay right here. Welcome back. It is season four, and we are so excited to be back Season four. We're doing it.
1: That's kind of crazy.
0: It is kind of crazy.
1: that's when do we start the podcast? I don't know <laughs> um like a year and a half, like that's what that would be because we've done sixty episodes so
0: yeah sixty one yeah. here we come.
1: This is episode sixty one
0: as many of you know, we usually take a break, but it's not just a break. We do this because we want to make the podcast even better. And that's why we're even more excited for season four, because one, we're back with all of our amazing listeners who we love so much, but then we're back with gusto because we want to make this thing even better, like go up to the next level.
1: Yes. And we are very excited to start the season. First of all, thank you to all of you who filled out the survey.
0: Holy cow. That
1: was a much better response than we had hoped for.
0: Uh, b- incredible response.
1: Yeah. So um, congratulations to our winner, Brittany, who won the $20 Amazon gift card. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, but the surveys were, they were just immensely helpful. It was so great to hear from you all. And you were so encouraging in the yeah. comments, which made us be like, okay, they do listen. They do <laughs> like
0: us. We should keep doing this podcast yeah, thing in cause, our basement.
1: Yeah, because when you're kind of just doing like a just like a for fun, um, off the cuff thing. Like you kind of need encouragement to keep going with it. And so thank you for your encouragement and for just sharing your love of the podcast and all of your ideas. And that's where most of these changes come from is the results of that survey. So a couple of changes to know about. One is we surveyed what you liked for the mid-show segments. And there is kind of a, a theme here of missing the hacks. So we are going to be bringing back Catholic hacks. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm, for the mid-show segment, we will need your help with that because we will eventually run out of hack ideas. We have a great hack for today, by the way.
0: Yeah, but um, we only have so many ideas in our brains. We need your mm-hmm. help, which is that even makes the podcast more fun when you all get involved more.
1: Yes. So you can email us at hello at made to magnify Uh, if with Catholic hack ideas and, uh, some other things, let's see interviews. It was really fun to see who you want to interview. And we were excited because about 80% of the people you guys suggested, we personally know. So we were, um, already getting ready to do some of those.
0: We can make those happen.
1: We can make those happen. Many, many of them. So we're going to be sending out emails here to get some of your requests into our interviews this time around And another interesting thing is there were a lot of comments about like saints and liturgical living and just wanting more info on that. So the big change for season four here is that we're actually going to be adding in a fifth episode. Well, fifth or sixth, depending on how many Mondays there are in the month. But another episode, a monthly episode to the podcast that is specifically going to be on the liturgical calendar. I'm so glad there's so many liturgical nerds out there with me. So starting for the month of July, it's just going to be me because um, that just simplifies things and it's going to be easier for me to get that done. I don't know. I'm thinking 15 to 20 minutes probably. And I need to come up with a cool name for this. If you have any suggestions for what to call this monthly episode on the liturgical calendar, liturgical year, I'm just going to highlight what is going on during that month, what the church is celebrating, and some feast days, give a little bit of background and some traditions that go with those feast days so you can incorporate the life of the church into the life of your home a little more, which is a great way to Catholic, a great way to live out our faith. And it's just so important to have culture in our home that's Catholic. And so I'll be giving you tips and ideas for how to do that in our new bonus episode.
0: Next, I am so excited to share, we have some life updates. And for those of you who were with us in April, we had how-to burnout. And we shared a lot of where we were at just in life with burnout and everything going on. And we're talking about sickness and work and all these different things. But we actually had a lot more going on in our life than we could have shared at that moment.
1: Yeah, we kind of gave you the surfacey stuff that was yeah. going on. <laughs> we're
0: like, we have things, but those aren't the real things. But we can't share the real things, so we'll just tell them some of the things
1: yeah but there was more going on than just what we shared that's right, but now we can share it
0: we do, and that this is where I'm like super excited to share all these things. so Lisa, do you want to share the first one because there's yeah. not just one life update there's there's more than one
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to give a number no i want the, <gasps> I want to them as in much. suspense. oh man. All right. So the first thing is that we are moving.
0: That's right.
1: Dun dun. dun.
0: Where are we moving to?
1: We it's gonna be an in town move. We're still gonna stay in the Denver area, Mm -hmm. which is exciting. Uh but love the Denver. Yes. Our house went up on the market on Friday and we went under contract. Over our asking price on Saturday.
0: It was a great weekend, everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. So that was quick. Um, that's what we were hoping for. The Denver market is a little insane. Crazy. Yes. So very excited about um the couple that's gonna be buying our home and feel good about just the whole situation and the process. So yeah, we are looking to move um, little closer to our kids' school, because currently we're pretty far away from it. Um, Kevin's sister is moving here this summer, and she's going to be looking to move with her family. Going to be great. Yeah. Into the area closer to us. We'll also be closer to my sister, who lives in town. And there's one more thing that we'll be closer to. Kevin, do you want to share what the second life update is? Oh,
0: man. (sighs) Number two is, um, and this one's super exciting and super sad all at the same time.
1: And kind of shocking. Let's be honest. Yeah.
0: So I just wanted to like have everyone brace themselves. Prepare you. Sit down.
1: (laughs) Pull over if you need to.
0: (laughs) The Cotters are leaving focus.
1: We are retiring from focus. Which
0: is something we didn't think we'd really say. Ever. Yeah. It still
1: sounds weird. I still don't feel like we're actually retiring from focus. Yeah.
0: It's like a fake news. Just crazy. (laughs) But it's real. So I took a job. As executive director with an organization called the Amazing Parish, that's here in Denver, and uh, the Amazing Parish is just about five years old, so not everybody knows uh, all about them. But is is founded by two men, uh, a guy named Pat Lynchioni and John Martin. And Pat is an amazing man. If you've never uh, read any of his books, but he's an amazing like business guru, and he specializes in organizational health. And so he consults with top CEOs and leadership teams all around the country with Fortune 500 companies and he just loves to help them out. But Pat really also said uh, to himself, these companies are so important, but actually our parishes, our Catholic parishes are even more important. And uh, really being, um, loving his Catholic faith, he's like, how do we help parishes thrive? And so that's when he founded The Amazing Parish to try to take all those amazing principles that he teaches people how to run businesses and say, how can we run your parishes better? Not just so they're more efficient, but actually so that people can Uh, become more holy and evangelize others as well. Um, And so it's a really uh, awesome opportunity to step into that role and to help them with their program, anything from marketing to their conferences. They bring in pastors and their leadership teams, a three-day kind of offsite conference to help them uh, learn how to run their parishes better. Then the follow-up to help those parishes go from that experience at that conference, which is really cool, to actually living that in their parishes so that they can be, just really the missionary centers we need our parishes to be around the country to evangelize and have beautiful liturgies and help people strive for holiness. So yeah, it's just a, an awesome opportunity. And that's, that's what it took to, for us to leave focus was just a, a really neat, uh, chance to, to continue to change the world and be on mission.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to note too, that we were not looking to leave focus when this job opportunity came up. It was actually something that, um, the amazing pair shot Kevin out and said, "Ask permission um, to speak to Kevin about this opportunity." So um, we're not leaving Focus bitter. We're not leaving Focus because we got fired. <laughs> we're not leaving Focus for any reason. Um, it's actually been, um, you know, for an exit. It's it's been better than we could ever ask for. Um, Focus has been amazing in the process and has just been super supportive and. Um, you know, still like we're leaving as part of the family still. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been a huge, huge decision and transition, but at the same time, one that we felt very called to, especially knowing, you know, we weren't trying to leave, but this door opened and we prayed through it a lot for several weeks and through many, many conversations, just really felt like God was calling us to take all that we've learned from focus to a new ministry and mission. Um, but still kind of in the same vein. It's still focused at the end of the day on evangelization and Ken will be using everything he's learned from focus in this new job.
0: And it's funny, the things sometimes you teach all of a sudden you have to put them into practice. So I know we've done an episode on how to discern, you know, and all those different tips that we give. And all of a sudden, especially in the last few months, we've really had to use a lot of those things of, all right, what is the Lord calling us to do? And even though we thought we're going to be in focus forever, all of a sudden you're like, well, I need to discern what he's, he's asking us to do, not what, um, you know, what we thought we were gonna do, and uh yeah, it's just been a crazy ride, crazy ride mm-hmm. to get to this place, but yeah, 100 mm-hmm. percent excited, 100 percent sad to leave focused, but um really feel confident this is what what we've been asked to do by the Lord and uh, yeah, excited to, to go after it.
1: yeah, so the new house is going to be closer to Kevin's new office. That is another reason for the move. We don't really feel like him having a fifty five minute commute. I don't think that would be good for our family.
0: Especially because of our third announcement, because we've given you two life changes, but we actually have something that's more exciting than the first two. And I'm going to let Lisa share our third announcement.
1: Third big life update. Again, another thing that I thought I would never say, I am pregnant. (sighs) Got a bun in the oven at the Cotter house. Cotter
0: number four.
1: Number four. On its way. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll talk about this a little more in the episode. Um, but the reason we chose this how to fertility was kind of with this big life change that we're going to be talking about in mind here. So yeah, we're talking about um, how to fertility today.
0: That's right, Lisa. But it kind of felt like when a you know when a, when a man loves a woman then they, I'm just joking. It's not that how to. Not that kind of fertility. No, No. no, we're not, not not that kind of discussion.
1: I was lost for a minute there. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't know quite where you were going. No, we are more talking about kind of what we wish we had known about fertility before we got married because we have not had the normal Catholic fertility um, experience.
0: Not the normal journey.
1: Not the normal journey. And I do want to kind of point out, I know that this can be a bit of a sensitive topic. Um, kind of on both ends of the spectrum too. On the one end for those who are struggling to conceive if fertility is a challenge for them and a difficulty, um, we understand that Um, our journey has, has brought years of wondering like why we can't conceive um, and the challenge of that. And um, but then there's also the other end of the spectrum of those who can conceive very easily and at a moment's glance Um, and, and, in the fertility, um, yes, of course, we're open to life and we're pro-life and life is the greatest gift, but there's also an overwhelmingness to, wow, like every time there's an opportunity to get pregnant, we get pregnant and we've had five kids in five years and, you know, there's there's a different sides to that. So we understand that there's a kind of a sensitivity to this topic of fertility. So we just want to make sure it's heard that we're going to be speaking from our own experiences. Um... And in no way do we want to make light out of this challenge um, on either end of the spectrum that may come for other families. Um, But we think it's an important thing to discuss and to kind of talk about how do we approach this as Catholics, um, especially when it comes to expectations that we had previous to marriage that would have been helpful to understand before we got married and probably would have saved us a lot of like heartache and confusion.
0: Yeah. And like Lisa was saying, this is super personal to to everybody, no matter where you're at on whatever spectrum um, with children. Um, But I think all the things we're going to be talking about today are things that can apply to just this situation, whether you're married and uh, have kids, don't have kids. If you're single, I think all these things really will apply as far as just the Catholic worldview on, on fertility and what that looks like and uh, how to understand it um, from all angles. So, I'm really excited for this one. So we're going to talk about three, three different uh, steps here.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you call them steps, but three different things we wish we'd known. You're never supposed to use the word things. I know, but (laughs) it's okay.
0: Great. Three things. We're going to do three things today. Three things. First thing is that you don't get to decide when you get pregnant.
1: Yes, this is true. I think when we first got married, I kind of was naive and I thought like, oh, we'll, we'll conceive when, whenever I feel ready and have peace and Kevin feels ready and has peace. And like, you know, God's going to like bless us when we're ready and it's just going to happen right at that moment. You know, we want a May baby, we're going to get a May baby, right? Um, and that's, yeah, not really how it goes. Um, <laughs> I think for the first two in general, like we were like, okay, like our, our daughter and our son or two and a half years, two and a quarter years apart. um, It was kind of like, great, yeah, like we're ready for another. We conceived pretty quickly after. But then for baby number three and baby number four now, those are five-year gaps. So there's a five-year gap between baby number two and three, and then this – and baby number three and this new baby number four. There's, there's, yeah, full five years, over five years between those two kids, which was not our plan, like (laughs) – both times when we were ready to conceive baby number three and baby number four it did not happen for years and in fact it led us both times to believe that it would never happen and that like it just wasn't possible for us to get pregnant anymore
0: and i think when you get on the topic of children especially um looking at this idea when you don't get to decide when you're pregnant we live in a culture that loves to be in control like we control almost every aspect of our life right like We want everything to be arranged just the right way and really be able to design our lives. We live very designer lives, you know? And so I think we apply a lot of that philosophy to our children as well. Like we want, we want to plan. We want to structure things. We don't want the unexpected. And so um, I think it's always good to just keep in mind, children are a gift, not a right. They're not things we have rights to just like possessions or other things we control in our life. But it's actually a gift from God.
1: Yeah, like God is ultimately the author of life. And I think sometimes it's very easy to forget that and to think like, no, we get to author life. Like, yep. Actually, we don't have that much power. Yeah. We don't.
0: Yeah, and it's I think it's really healthy for us not to have moments in our lives where we don't have control, where we can't plan everything, where we can't, like, that just recognizes that really all of our, gift, our life is a gift, but particularly children in a very unique way. And so... um Yeah. I just think it's really, um, yeah, just good to know for everyone. Like just that decision of when you get pregnant isn't in your hands and, um, in a world of instant gratification where we constantly get what we want when we want it, that's not the case with children. And, uh, just to allow that to help us understand just the gift that life is in totality.
1: I think kind of tandem with that too. It's, it's so important recognizing that and remembering that in, Like, you never judge a family by their size or by their spacing. And I think that kind of in, uh, like, when we first got married, you know, like, or when I first kind of learned about, like, well, what does the Catholic Church teach, and here's why it's truth, it led me to be like, oh, so that family's not following the church's teaching clearly because they only have X amount of kids, or because they're spaced out this much, or, you know, and I just, like it was easy for me to make snap judgments but the reality is like you don't know what's going on with that family like you don't know why their family is the shape or size that it is you don't know if they've had miscarriages you don't know if they're struggling to conceive like and it's none of your business to be honest like mm-hmm. it's between them and god and and really we just need to remember like we we just don't judge other catholic families.
0: And you don't even know like if they even know church teaching or if they've been given it a good example of church teaching or you like so many different ways. I mean it's just a good example on why you don't judge, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. one of many examples in life. And not to say that truth isn't important or that we shouldn't charitably help people understand the truth, but I just think it's great to not. Yeah. Just don't don't, yeah. don't judge. When it's so easy to and I think it's so easy as Lisa mentioned. Earlier on in our lives, and for me, earlier on in my life, to do that. And it just was so wrong. And so I think it's really, yeah, we're just trying to help you all not to commit the same errors that we did in our youth.
1: Because mm-hmm. you don't know the story. Unless they've shared with you every detail, you don't know the story. That's right. So there you go. All right. It but, is time for our hack, our first oh hack. Oh, man. Of the we're season. bringing it back. It's
0: awesome. And today's hack is incredible. Okay, so In Conversation with God, it's a prayer book that we've recommended many times. A series of books. And I I like In Conversation with God. One of the things that prevents me from using it is that there's many books and they cost a good amount of money.
1: We have one set, not two. And I steal the one set.
0: Yeah, Lisa has the one set, which is great. But here's the thing, and I just learned this. In Conversation with God is now free on the relevant radio app. So not only do I not have to carry around like 10 books at my office to make sure, it's just on an app on my phone and I can pray with it whenever I want. And I don't have to worry about if Lisa steals the set of In Conversation with God, I still have access to it.
1: Yes. And And it's it's a daily podcast. Yeah. So you listen to it. So when you open up the app, it's right there, In Conversation with God, daily podcast. And somebody reads it to you. So you can listen in the car. That's fancy. You can listen while you're working out. You can listen while you're getting ready for the day. It would just be a really great way to start your day by listening to these these meditations to get you thinking about God in your life. And-,
0: and the reason why there's so many books for, in conversation with God, if I'm correct, is because it goes along with the mass readings. It does, yes. So it's not just like a random meditation, which would be fine. I've written books with random meditations each day. That's totally fine. But... It actually goes with the liturgical readings. So if you're engaging in mass, it's a great way to have this prayer and tie it not only like you're having your prayer tied into the liturgy. Super cool.
1: It is super cool. Also, one more item of business for our mid show break here. We thought, you know, it's season four, the start of season four. Let's do a giveaway because giveaways are fun. And we have a thematic giveaway for you here too. We have two fantastic apostolates that we have items from for you. The first one is a study guide to Pope Paul VI's Encyclical *Humani Vitae, which is created by our friends at Endow. So indow if you're not familiar with indow Endow stands for Educating on the Nature and Dignity of Women. And they have small groups of women that gather across the country in fellowship to study church teachings. And it's just a really fantastic way for women to learn more about their faith and deepen their understanding of our church, which is completely beautiful and and deep. So you can learn more about them by visiting endowgroups.org. And uh, so, yeah, we have this newest study guide of theirs on humana vitae because it's the 50th anniversary of humana vitae this year so it's very timely for our topic today on fertility and the second thing we have to go with our giveaway is a little vintage inspired brass bookmark which was created by our friend jill over at pink salt riot and jill she makes all kinds of catholic art from prints to jewelry to canvas zipper bags and banners and buttons and pocket mirrors, which she made uh, for the Lux Conference. She made these beautiful pocket mirrors for each of the attendees, um, the conference that I did with Leah back in April. So that was really cool to have in the swag bags for everybody. So her stuff is just gorgeous, and she's such a gem. So we thought, well, let's throw in one of her bookmarks to go with the study guide, So you can visit um, Jill at pinksaltriot.org if you want to see some of her stuff. And she she has a ton of downloads that you can get there uh, for free. There's some cool stuff, art that she just gives away. So she's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, and to enter, you might want to know that. To enter, you can go – we're going to be doing this on Instagram. So you can visit Kevin or I on Instagram. Kevin's Kevin R. Cotter, and I am Lisa Ann Cotter to enter the giveaway for – the Endow Humana Vitae Encyclical Study, and the Vintage Bookmark from Pink Salt Red. There you go.
0: All right. We're on to the second thing. Are you ready for thing number two? I sure am. Just like, uh, what was that cat in the hat? Thing number one, thing number two. All right. Thing number two on how to fertility is sometimes there are no answers. Lisa, tell us more.
1: Yes. So when we spent years, so between baby two and three, so between Paul and Grace, um, we spent a lot of time going to doctors and trying to figure out, well, why can't we conceive? And I knew pretty quickly something was wrong because for both of our first two kids, we conceived within three months. And when we hit six months and I hadn't conceived, I was like. Mm-mm, something's not right. And everyone's like, oh, it's fine. You know, it usually takes six to 12 months. And I'm like, no, no, no. Some, I can just tell something's not right here. So after waiting like two years, I think when Paul was about, about two, three years, when he was three years old, we started going to some um, doctors, did all the blood work. I took some supplements for a while. We, you know, talked about whether or not a surgery would be helpful. And there's amazing advancements with Napro technology, which is, um, everything that, um, which is like uh, moral ways to go about fertility treatment. So just look it up, NAPRO. I don't remember natural. I don't remember what it stands for. Somebody else could tell you. Um, and, you know, we, we did all this for like a year and a half, and then we just kind of gave it over and said, listen, like we can't figure out, it's not working. And we stopped doing any kind of treatments, and then we got pregnant. So like the doctors really, they, they still don't know. And I, like the fact that I got pregnant again, five years after a five-year gap, um, still like, we don't know, <laughs> we don't know like what the trick is. I don't know what we did right to all of a sudden be able to conceive. No idea. Um, yeah. So like sometimes you're not going to get clear answers and that can be very frustrating. Um, because I can't like repeat it either time. Like I j- I don't know what it was, but, um, Hey,
0: here we are. God's the author
1: <laughs> of life. Sometimes there are no answers.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, uh, again, another great sign, like in our culture, like I think when it comes to things that are medical, like we have a certain thought with science where like science has all answers. Like if we just see the right doctor, like he'll have the right answer. We'll just look it up on WebMD, whatever it is. Like we think science can solve everything. And pregnancy is one of the things that brings a lot of mystery. Like why, what's going on? I'm not sure. Like, we thought for a while is because I was on a particular medication for my heart. Like maybe that was interfering with things, you know? And I, anyways, that wasn't it apparently. Um mm-hmm. And just a realization that like, yeah, there's, there's a mystery to it. We don't have everything f- figured out. We medicine and science don't solve everything. Um But it's another opportunity, another moment of reliance on our Lord and, and otherwise world that constantly tries to rely on itself you know and i think we've seen that over and over it's just all right like yeah when these babies come we're like you are lord of our lives you know and Mm -hmm. that's already been true this isn't just another gray minder all right we're talking about three things for how to fertility the first one was you don't get to decide when you get pregnant the second one is sometimes there are no answers and the third one is it's normal to cry when you find out you're pregnant. And Lisa, <laughs> you'd be better to talk about this than me.
1: Which is kind of funny for you even to give that one because, like, it sounds as if like you're. It's a woman normal as you to, say when, that. to cry when I get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when Kevin gets pregnant, it's normal. For totally normal, to guys. Yeah. So I think this is an important point here because um, sometimes it's it's not just tears of joy. Yeah, there's usually tears of, of excitement and joy, but there's also tears of overwhelm. And I wish someone had told me that when we first, like before we got married, because I did cry, even though we were excited and it was like something that we were anticipating and expecting. I'll never forget, I went and told my boss, who at the time was Dr. Jonathan Reyes, who does something really important at the UCCB (laughs) now, which I'm sure you probably know his title.
0: He's vice president of something important at the USCCB.
1: What is his job?
0: He's over uh, justice and... Something else important at the SCCB. See, I at
1: least feel got better. one thing. You got one thing. Anyway, so I go in to tell him, and like you know, I thought this would be like a fun moment to like tell my boss, and I just like started crying. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "It's okay. We have." I think they had four or five at the time. He was like, "You're totally fine. It's okay." Like. You're normal. <laughs> I'm like, why? I'm not like. I am upset, but I'm not upset. Like, I just don't know what to think. And it, I'm upset because I'm supposed to be happy, but exactly, I'm not
0: happy, and that you're, makes me more upset.
1: You're like, I'm a terrible person because I'm like freaked out about the fact that I'm pregnant. Aren't I just supposed to be excited because I'm Catholic? And no, 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 no. The point is, is it's it's totally normal to have mixed emotions and to be completely overwhelmed. And if you talk to any mom who has four, five, six kids, whatever they will just tell you honestly because they're over it at this point. Like, oh, yeah, every time I get pregnant, I cry. Like, it, like, yes, tears of joy, but also tears of overwhelmed and tears of, oh, my gosh, life just dramatically changed again. And it will never be the same. And I've just been called to make some major sacrifices that um, are going to continue, not just like over the next nine months, but for the rest of my life. And, of course, there's joy in those sacrifices, but there's also – kind of a just a coming to terms with like, wow, life is about to drastically change. And so I, to be honest, like when we found out that we were pregnant with number four, um, it it was like, it was a shock. Like I didn't think that we were going to have more. I honestly was like, mm-hmm. oh, right. We've conceived once in the past 10 years, <laughs> right? Because of the two five-year gaps, one on each end. And so to find out that we were pregnant again was a massive adjustment in what I vision envisioned my life to be like we had prayed through and we had gone through that hard work of coming to the peace of peace with the fact of like we will have three like that season of our life is over right like we had gone through that process I gave away like I don't know, 75% of our baby stuff last year because I just was like, I'm tired of looking at this. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, baby three must've just been a special gift, but we must not be getting any more. It's been a long, long time. There's no reasons. There's no rhyme to this, right? None of it made sense. So I started planning life for three. And of course we were always open to four if God wanted to, but like we just thought that's never going to happen, right? Like this just not going to happen. Um, so to find out that this life that I had planned this future that I had planned, was drastically changing was an overwhelming shock to me. And I remember talking to my spiritual director about it and she gave me some really great advice. She said, Lisa, you need to mourn the loss of the life you thought you were going to have. Like you need to mourn mm-hmm. giving up your future plans. Like I was getting ready to start writing my next book. Um mm-hmm. totally had to put that on hold because my brain just cannot function. And then there was the whole we're leaving focus and we're moving and <laughs> like, let's just do it all at once. Um all together now. All together now. Yeah. Just kinda happened. Um But it took a little while for me to really wrap my mind around how drastically different life was going to look than I thought it was going to look like a month before. So um, it took a little while to kind of, you know, figure that out and get to a place of peace about it. Um, But I can honestly say that I am very excited now Um, and it's going to be a fun new adventure. Uh, The kind of crazy part for me wrapping my mind around was um, when this baby graduates from preschool our oldest will graduate from high school so the next fall we'll send one to college and one to kindergarten (laughs) and so it was like wow like we just extended this whole parenting thing another five years like we just hit the reset button again like we'd already done that once you know and there's this whole new death to self coming up of back into diapers back into no sleeping back into carrying out a diaper bag things that i've grown accustomed to no longer having to think about like i have to re-enter into that world um but we're all excited. The kids are so excited and um, it's going to be a great new adventure.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, everything you're talking about, it's almost like the difference between happiness and holiness in some sense. Like I think happiness is all about, at least in our world standard, like designing a life that makes, that brings us the most pleasure and holiness is about doing God's will and what he wants. And uh, our our Lord did God's will, uh, but that meant carrying the cross and he still had joy in that, but you know, he, um, that's what he was supposed to do. And I think that's a big part of parenting as well. So those were our three things for how to fertility Our how to challenge for this week is to thank your parents for giving you life. Sometimes I think our parents are really nice to us and uh, we don't always appreciate, um, not only everything they do for us, but also just their sacrifices to bring us into this world and to go through that experience that we've talked about today in a lot of ways. Um, It's amazing. And um, it's something that we often don't think about, but is something that uh, we should have great gratitude for as well. So uh, don't forget to thank your parents and don't forget about the giveaway. We'd love to give you a copy of Humanae Vitae's guide and the bookmark as well.
1: Well, that is our show for today, our first show back for season four. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or at Lisa Ann Cotter and no E. As always, if you enjoy the show, please give it a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions, and tell a friend. This really helps us get the word out about how to Catholic. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it.